All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz period. And we come in here after a loss to Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, final score, 35-32 Seminoles win uh, off of a field goal in the last two minutes. Oklahoma drives down the field. They're, well, tried to drive down the field. They were unsuccessful because, one, they didn't have enough timeout. Two, they had two bonehead penalties. So uh, things did not go in the Sooners' favor. But I'll tell you this. I'm not too upset. If you go back and listen to my preview for Florida State, which is the episode before this one, you'll hear me say a lot throughout that episode that, one, I think Florida State wins the game. Two, I think it's a close game. And three, I really just want to see. I wanted to see throughout the game. I wanted to see. A, I wanted to see some fight. I thought I saw that tonight. I wanted to see some hit. Well, I didn't say that, but I did want to see that. Um, but I wanted to see some fight. And it was a chippy game. Like, to start that first quarter, I mean, all you saw was just people gnawing back and forth. Watch Daniel Parker Jr. drive somebody into the bench. Like, that's the good stuff right there. And then, um, uh, and I also wanted to see the young guys get a chance to to get in and make some plays and really just build some momentum for next year. And I thought that's exactly what happened. So I'm first going to start it off by just handing out some player of the game honors. Um, you know, obviously it's something really I'd do more in a win, but that wasn't the case tonight. But uh, uh, offensive player of the game, and our player of the game is also still presented by Sweet Feet OKC, the number one shoe plug in Oklahoma City. Make sure you guys hit him on Instagram for all your shoe needs. He also is a really big shoe plug for uh, your beloved Sooners. So uh, shout out to my guy, Dylan Graham. And um, anyway, getting into it. So our def our sweet feet defensive player of the game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand it to Danny Stutzman. Uh, Danny Stutzman finished the game tonight with six tackles, had a sack and tackle for loss and a pass deflection. And I really thought this was one of Danny's better games all year. Uh, you know, I've been very critical of Danny throughout the year uh, on and off the record. I mean, people that know me know that I've talked a lot about him. Um, and I like Danny as a player. I just think that, you know, I've said this over and over. He's got to be more dedicated to it and all that good stuff. But I thought he played well tonight. I mean, he was flying all over the field, um, had some really nice tackles. I mean, uh, this is some of the that was some of the best football he played since like September, because, you know, throughout that entire month of September, he was playing like a man out of his mind. And, and he kind of trailed off a little bit later in the season. But uh, it got better today. So shout out to Danny for that. Uh, offensively, I'm going to hand it to Gavin Sawchuk. I thought Gavin Sawchuk was incredible tonight. 15 carries, 100 yards on the dot, and a touchdown. And uh, I made a mistake in the last episode by uh, I, I ended up mentioning. I didn't even really mention Gavin Sawchuk because uh, I had completely forgotten that Marcus Major didn't even practice throughout ball prep. Uh, so that completely slipped my mind as a recording. But Gavin Sawchuk put some things tonight on tape that really tell me this is a guy that can be Oklahoma's starting running back next year. Now, I know we talk about Javante Barnes. Javante Barnes had a great game as well, had 100 yards as well. But Gavin Sawchuk is as good as Stafford Times. I mean, he, you know, I guess it kind of makes you wonder why we didn't see more of him early on in the year. But tonight, I mean, he was just plowing through tackles. Speed out of the world. That's something that was the biggest thing we heard about when he 
committed to Oklahoma was how fast the kid was. He showed it tonight. Um, you know, Oklahoma ended up running the ball. I think total they ended up running for 260 some yards. And I thought that there were moments where they shouldn't have ran the ball. Like I'll say this. I didn't think Jeff Levy's play calling was awful, but I thought there were a few things throughout the game that he just should not have done. Like, uh, you know, there was one drive. I want to say it was before, before halftime where he just ran the ball the whole time. And I didn't really agree with that philosophy. Um, you know, I, I thought that maybe you could have passed it a little bit. I know one thing I'm, Dang sure tired of seeing is the swing passes, even though they work sometimes, they get old. So, uh, you know, whatever on that. But, um, no, back to Gavin Sawchuk. Gavin Sawchuk, hell of a night tonight. Um, I think if Oklahoma wins the game, he probably ends up being the MVP of the game uh, because he played that well. Um, and yeah, Barnes and Sawchuk really show you what, and, and really not even just those two. The entire game tonight really shows you a lot of what you're going to see next year. Because I, I do have a strong feeling that minus the players that have portaled, which I think the only guy that's entered the portal that played tonight was Josh Ellison. So minus Josh Ellison, minus the guys that have opted out, and of course minus Braden Willis, everybody that was on that field tonight will be back next year. Obviously Marvin Mims is to be determined, but again, I still think he's coming back. So now I will say this about Marvin Mims. He has put some nice things on tape the last two games. So I don't know if that redeems him from the West Virginia game and, you know, the drops that he had and stuff in the eyes of a scout. But anyway, assuming everybody that was on that field tonight is returning next year. That's a good sign of things to come because like I found this interesting. Florida State message boards had more confidence in Brent Venables than Oklahoma fans do, than some Oklahoma fans do, not all of them. But any sane OU fan understands. But the insane OU fan, Florida State fans have more uh, faith in Brent Venables than they do. Because reading their message board, I read a lot of stuff that was like, man, Oklahoma's a scrappy team, or they're not your usual 6-6 six and six team, or they're a really good team, or their future's bright. And it's really not even just Florida State fans. I've seen fans from a ton of different areas, even our friends out west at Southern Cal, some USC fans that follow the Instagram account have been very vocal and said they got, we got a bright future. Everybody around the country seems to think Oklahoma has a bright future, except for, you know, people at Barstool and I didn't even really get into that, but, uh, Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes showed you a nice preview of what next year's backfield is going to look like. Uh, I think those two obviously are going to lead the way. If they continue to play the way they played tonight and they're, they're, those guys are going to improve. I mean, look, it's way too early to put expectations on their shoulders. And I know some of you guys are going to do that in the offseason. But do we have another mix of B-Ron? I mean, again, that's just wishful thinking. Like maybe by their junior seasons, they end up becoming that, which Mixon and P-Ron were two guys that ended up rushing for 1,000 yards. That's not going to happen next year. I highly doubt that happens next year. But maybe by their junior years or something like that. Who knows? Uh, but but on the other hand, um, you know, I mentioned last episode I wanted to see a little bit of LV Bunkley. Shelton did get to see him, had a nice catch early on in the game. Thought it was weird. Jaden Gibson didn't get – I don't think – I don't even know if Jaden Gibson played. I know he didn't have a – I don't even know if he played. So I really don't know what's going on there. Like, 
I know I think he's kind of said he ain't going to the portal or anything, but it's definitely interesting because, you know, just a little odd. He didn't get any burn tonight. Nick Anderson had a uh, had a I think it was a catch or it was a handoff. I don't know. I just know he touched the ball tonight. Um, so a lot of the young guys got involved, and that was really dope to see because it's like when I say most of the guys on this team should be returning next year. I mean, Billy Bowman obviously going to be back. Key Lawrence will be back. C.J. Colton can come back if he applies for a medical hardship, which I think he will. Woody Washington, I believe, will come back. I think he needs to because I think the last few games for him haven't really gone too well. Uh, so I believe he comes back. Um, you know, your entire linebacking core should be back minus Deshaun White. And I guess David Aguebu is leaving. I don't know what's up with that. That's going to be something to watch. And your defensive line, except for uh, Jalen Redmond and Josh Ellison and Alton Tarver. Well, guys that contributed, Josh Ellison and Jalen Redmond. So here's the thing. This is a team defensively. They don't have, like, R. Mason Thomas is really their, like, their only consistent pass rusher. And, or edge rusher, I should say. And that's why the addition of somebody like Trace Ford was so big. Because he's a guy that's done it. He's a beast. And bigger than R. Mason Thomas. And R. Mason Thomas is really good. But you're adding something there. The great thing about all these positions I mentioned is you're adding. Because I saw somebody tweet this out earlier. That this OU defense is a cheetah, an edge rusher, and a safety away from being solid defensively. Not elite, but solid. Secondary tonight was abysmal. Let's just be honest with you. I mean, Billy Bowman had a good play. Woody Washington had a nice PBU. But outside of that, the secondary was awful. And you think about that, and you talk about the additions of Peyton Bowen, Dan McCullough, um, uh, Kendall Dolby. This is the safety room. Reggie Pearson. Those four guys. Three of those, I'm sorry, two of those with college experience and Pearson and Dolby. Now, Dolby's obviously at the JUCO level, but still college football. And then you look at the corners. We know Jacoby Johnson, McCarry Vickers. Uh, well, McCarry Vickers is also a safety, too, so I take that back. But uh, cornerback-wise, I mean, Jacoby Johnson, Josiah Wagner, uh, you know, on the D-line, we know what's going on. Like, we we already know the recruiting class. So you're adding some stuff. The same McCullough. Like, I want to give a shout out to to uh, to Travis Davidson on the ref this morning, this afternoon, on their pregame show. He posed a question, which was, "What do you, if you could pick a signee or a transfer that's coming in to play in the Cheez It Bowl tonight? Who would it be?" And I think Tyler McComas's answer was to say McCullough, and I agree with that because I, now I keep saying to say, and I think it's Desan, like Desani. I don't know. I got to look at the pronunciation guide again, but I think it's Desan. Whatever. Uh, McCullough from Indiana. He, I agree with that take because I didn't think the Cheetah today played really well. Uh, Deshaun White whiffed on a lot of tackles today. Um, you know, not a good way to go out for him. But McCullough, I mean, he's a guy that's going to start from day one next year. No doubt in my mind about that. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, again, I just, I really left this game with hope because it's like, that's all I wanted to see. Like what I saw tonight, I believe can be considered the future of Oklahoma football as far as a team that's going to come out and, and what they should have been doing the whole time, but a team that's going to come out and be the aggressors. And that's important because 
I mean, again, that first quarter tonight, they were the aggressors. And I'm not going to say this is what this team is going to be next year, but it's what I want to see them be next, next year. I want to see them be the team next year that can come out swinging and throw the first punch compared to, you know, OU football history where you're the team that always gets punched in the mouth first and has to wake up. That should change. I believe it does change. And it better change for the for the better sake of every fan in this family. But it's really just insane to kind of look back on it and think six and seven. I mean, I just just what a season. Like it's insane to think about. Um, you know, it was uh it's a year to forget. I mean, I think like three years from now. I think I'm just going to look back on this season and say it didn't even exist. Like, whenever I see the 2022 season written anywhere in a media guide, program, whatever, I'm just going to cross it off and act like it didn't exist because we'll just call this year a practice year because it's just crazy to think that, that like, they were, let me think, how many games? So seven losses. And five of those losses, they had chances to win the game. Should have won, would have won those games had they not shot themselves in the foot. Texas Tech, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, Texas and TCU removed those because they just got ran out of the stadium in those. But like West Virginia, Baylor, Tech, Florida State, Kansas State, and um, I think there's another game I'm forgetting. But in all the losses they took this year, minus the Texas and Tech, uh, TCU game, were winnable football games in games they should have won, in games they had leads in. If you simply just finish, if you don't shoot yourself in the foot, you don't even have to worry about being in the cheesy bowl. You're probably over there kicking it where Texas is at right now in the Alamo Bowl. You probably lose four games. I still think they lose to K-State because, I mean, defense that night was just not very good. Um I want to say that was the most yards they gave up all year was to Kansas State. No, I'm so wrong on that. Texas Tech actually was was, was the case. I don't know. I'm tripping. But um, uh, anyway, uh, back to my point. Uh, Baylor game, I mean, could win that game if you simply just stop the run. Um, and tonight, Florida State had, I mean, they had a crazy total amount of yards on offense. Uh, but I mean, they did what I thought they'd do. They ran the ball well. Um, I thought they would do that, and they did it. Uh, but I thought Oklahoma tackled pretty well, too. I mean, it wasn't like they were just whiffing all over the place. They obviously had a few moments. But I thought they played well defensively. They weren't great, but they also weren't awful. I mean, Justin Broyles, a 5'10", you know, small guy, going up against a 6'7", wide receiver. Who you think going to win that fight? And Johnny Wilson, best player on the field tonight. Jordan Travis wasn't as effective in the run game as I thought he would be because I thought he'd run all over the place. He didn't do that, thankfully. But, I mean, again, bottom line is this. like, I was just way more impressed tonight with the fact that we saw an OU team that didn't just take it lying down. They came in. They fought. They played this game like it meant something to them. And it did. Obviously, it did. But they played with the intent to win. I mean, Braden Willis played his tail off. In his last game as a Sooner, you know it meant something to him. Braden Willis played a great game. That's that's our honorable mention for player of the game. 
Um, Marvin Mims played played great. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, I don't think was terrible. I mean, his stats weren't that great, but I don't think he was awful. I just think you were dealing with a situation on your O line where one Savion Bird has to clean up the penalties, but two, that's a young team up front, minus Robert Congle. And pass protection tonight was not very good. And we know that because Dylan Gabriel went down a few times, uh, you know, in the worst moments. But I mean, like, that's the biggest thing I gripe at tonight when it comes to why you lost this game. You mentioned. O-line play wasn't too good. Uh, penalties were awful. I mean, I tweeted this out. If OU could simply just get out of their own way, they're not sitting at six and seven right now. And then um, as well as uh, um, and this is something I think Brent Venables is going to have to improve on in the offseason. If, if you can, I don't know how you really do as a coach, but I assume you have ways of improving at things like game management, just from a standpoint of I thought that some of the timeouts were used too early. Now, in the scenario, I think one timeout they took, I understood because it was, um, it was, what was, what was the, I want to say it was, I know OU was on defense, and I can't remember if Florida State was just like passing it all over the yard or something, and they needed the breather or something like that. But uh, two timeouts they were taking that were a little questionable, and it came back to hurt you in the end. Now, obviously, the penalties on that last drive hurt you more than anything, but if you have a few timeouts there. You at least get in Zach Schmidt range and you send the game to overtime. Um, but that didn't happen. And I'll tell you this again. Like, I'm not even mad at the fact that Oklahoma lost. I just have a little bit more hope in this team going into next year, knowing, okay, they've got a year down in the system. Most of your team's going to be back next year. You know, uh, you know you're going to have. Actually, let, let's look at this list real quick. I got to go back and look up the, the captain list for 2022 and see, like, who those guys would be next year. Oh. Just to count them off, how many guys will be returning uh, next year? So, out of seven or so captains, oh no, my numbers are wrong. Eight out of eight captains, four should return next year Dylan Gabriel, Danny Stutzman, Drake Stoops. And I say should because I guess there's some talk that Chris Murray could return. I don't know if that happens, but I think he can. Uh, Sean White, obviously gone. David DeGuebu, possibly gone. I don't know what's going on with that situation, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have more leadership. I think you're going to be done with all the, the stuff I know people hated was like the, the new captains every week thing. Uh, you know, I think you should be done with that next year. But you've got a year down in the system. You know the way things are supposed to operate. Like, it's nothing that you really need to learn now. And as you get through with that, you'll start to have a little bit more faith and understanding. Like, I predicted early the other day, I think next year ended up being a nine-win nine year for the season, for the Sooners. Um, and you talk about the new teams that are coming into the Big 12. None of them are, like, really scary by any means. But, again, it don't matter who you are. Oh, he's going to give you a game, right? So, you know, whatever. But anyway. Uh, back to the game. So, offensively, thought they played well. Um, you know, I talked about Jeff Levy and some of his play calling here and there was a little bit iffy, but offense wasn't horrible tonight. And 
you know, we talked about the run game. Run game was exceptional at times. I mean, there were a few moments they just got stuffed behind the line. But when Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk found a hole, they hit that thing and they made things happen. Um, so got to hand it to them on that. Defensively, I mean, that was what I thought was defense was going to have to win the game. And, you know, they gave up a few big plays. I mean, you talk about the touchdown that Trey Morrison, I think Trey Morrison was the safety on that play. Uh, where I mean, it was a simple little, uh, you know, so corner post concept or whatever. What was I can't remember what the concept was, but uh, I mean, they're, they're, you know, Trey Morrison gets beat on the play in the end zone. They score a touchdown. Um, you know, mentioned mentioned the 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 Johnny Wilson catch. Johnny Wilson had an exceptional night tonight, which didn't really surprise me. I mean, he is their best athlete. Um, you know, I mean, it's just crazy because it's like. Honest truth, I didn't expect, and I don't think many did. I didn't expect Oklahoma to be in this game. So I can't be too mad at them. I mean, I really did not expect them to be in this game. I know my score prediction says otherwise, but like based off just looking at it on paper, it's obvious to assume why you think Oklahoma was going to get a generational tail whoop. Because Oklahoma, the school with opt out after opt out, players in the portal, six and six season, struggles every everywhere on the field compared to Florida state where everybody and their dog is playing on that team. Solid record. But the thing is, and somebody mentioned it to me, this to me earlier, we talk about that five game win streak, but they didn't really beat anybody that stood out to you. They beat Florida, but Florida's not good this year. Florida's same record as Oklahoma, except the difference of Florida. Florida's got destroyed in their order in their, in their bowl game. Um, but, Florida State, I mean, again, I thought they were a good football team, but they didn't play as well tonight as I thought they would. And Oklahoma gave them a fight and can't even be too mad at that. I mean, you know, again, my whole thing was just getting a chance to build momentum in the next year, seeing how things go in the winter and the spring and all that. So not too much to complain about tonight. I mean, I think the future for this program is bright. Um, I think that, you know, talked about it with the run game. You know, receiving core, all that other stuff. I mean, I think is going to be fine. And you, you you bring that up with the additions that you're bringing. I mean, defensive line wise, there's a lot they're going to have to do there. Uh, Jacob Lacey coming in, then we talk about the recruits, and then there's rumors of another guy possibly joining the fold. Uh, Trace Ford, obviously, and then another cat coming on. So we'll see what happens with that. But you know, again, I mean, overall, I thought the Sooners played well, just didn't get the job done. And as much as that sucks. There's a lot, I think, to really be hopeful about for next year. So um, we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, now, I think here's the thing. So I think what we might do is for next week, because the season's over, probably just going to do a season wrap-up or a, a season, uh, yeah, season wrap-up, roundup, whatever, with um, a few of, well, first of all, my guy Blake, our graphic designer, who is a part of our Sooner Sports Daily quote-unquote staff. And then our guy from All Sooners and a guy who does a little bit of work with OU Insider, uh, All Sooner, or I just said All Sooner, uh, Hayden Farrar, who if you are on OU Insider, you know exactly who that is. So I think we might go ahead and get some things done with those two next week just for a little end of the season roundtable or really just we'll, we'll just try to find up a guest and get things going. Then we'll start building the, um, the, the yes list, if you will. So we'll get into all that. But uh, thank you guys once again for checking us out here on the Blitz Period. Make sure you guys uh, 
subscribe. I think that's what you do on Apple. Uh, download the podcast or whatever you do. Uh, whatever way you can keep up with, do that. Uh, follow the account on Twitter, The Blitz Period, as well as Instagram, The Blitz Period, uh, the Instagram account, Center Sports Daily, and uh, leave a rating, leave a review. All feedback is depreciated, whether it's good or bad. And uh, once again, we thank you guys for listening. We'll see y'all next week.